0: What does it take to be a peaceful, optimistic person who is in control of their destiny, who is adaptable, charismatic and purpose-driven? What does it take to be one of those who do not rely on excuse or blame, self-doubt or guilt and validation from others or being stuck in indecisiveness to get by in life? You probably have heard enough of what you should do without being able to truly implement these shoulds in your life for want of a clearer direction or explanation at the time of acting on these shoulds. At the end of this three-part episode, you will identify a way to attain a deeper understanding of what makes you think, act and behave the way you do and obtain specific practices that you can start implementing to be the person who you have always aspired to be and to go after what you intrinsically believe will make your life more fulfilling and meaningful. Welcome to Beyond Lies Within. My name is Nazar Daroga and I present to you the first part of Beyond Automaticity, which is understanding the source and the process of our thoughts and perceptions. This first part is the most important chapter which covers the crucial elements required to tap into the wisdom of attaining your deeper profound purpose, peace and fulfillment in life. Now, before we begin, please understand and remember this one fact. There is no magic in the information itself unless the information being provided is acted upon. For you to find meaning of all the information you are about to hear, you must be mentally ready to introspect and act upon it within your own individual and unique situations and realities. And if you are still struggling with drawing a parallel, I'm here for you. Reach out to me. Hell, reach out to anyone if not me. But it's time to start taking some accountability for what happens to you. Let's begin. What makes us fearful, anxious, compassionate, hateful, happy, sad, loving, indignant? practically any feeling or emotion and what makes these feelings and emotions as intense as they are for you. Now there is a systematic process involved from the moment we receive information until we establish a familiar comfort within ourselves which may manifest in the form of conformity, emotions, feelings, values or beliefs. Now there are positive and negative emotions, we all know that. And merely reeling in either of these categories of emotions alone can keep us in a state of perpetual, undefined meaning in our lives. In other words, all feeling and no action, pretty much like watching a movie. You feel a myriad of emotions, but all it does is feed your ego, your value, your beliefs, your emotions, your fears, your judgment, but to no definitive outcome. How is watching a movie then any different from watching life around you where again you have your judgment and opinions but no real effective changes towards your purpose or goal you desire to achieve and the life you want to live? Now, one thing I want to clear out before you get any different idea from this, I am not saying that the feeling of positivity is futile. In fact, it is the first most important aspect of developing a growth mindset and propelling yourself towards achieving your goals but what I mean to say here is that merely being positive with the hope that life will someday work better for you is equivalent to watching a movie and feeling strong emotions for or towards someone or something and then expecting to see your name in the credits of that same movie just because you felt great watching it. You have to use that positivity to take inspired action and thereafter be resilient in the face of setbacks and obstacles to find your name in the credits of your own story but that again is a topic for another day let us now explore this process because once we understand this process we will be able to better observe this transition from information input to your senses right up to your output and that's when you can alter the undesired steps in the process to achieve a more meaningful output, having observed and understood the transition in slow motion. So here are the steps. Step 1. Receiving information. Information is always neutral. There is no right or wrong and good or bad. It's just like feeding the information to a computer for the sole purpose of saving it. The computer saves it all the same. Step 2. Sensory processing. The brain receives this raw sensory input and begins to organize it into meaningful patterns. These patterns are imprinted over time and are just like a pathway in a forest or a water channel created naturally over the continuous similar path being used for months, years, and decades. The information itself can be considered to be the water or the partakers. The good news is that unlike these pathways found in nature, the mind is a million times more flexible and adaptable if only we allow for the possibility that we can create new pathways or patterns in the blink of an eye. And many times we often do that until some other external factor or basically information again is thrown back on the more engraved pathways of our mind. Now during the processing stage, the brain analyzes the visual information in various ways. For instance. It looks at the shape, color, texture and other features of a flower. It also compares the incoming information to stored memories and knowledge about flowers and other subjects in the environment. Based on this analysis, the brain begins to organize the sensory input into meaningful patterns such as recognizing the flower as a rose. These meaningful patterns are formed through a process called perceptual organization, which involves grouping together the incoming sensory information into coherent and recognizable objects or events. This process is guided by several pr- principles, such as proximity. That are, so proximity means elements that are close together or that are perceived as a group. Similarity, elements that are similar in appearance or per- that are perceived as a group and continuity elements that form a continuous pattern are perceived as a group so examples of a proximity is if a person consistently arrives at work at the same time as a supervisor we might perceive them as being closely associated even if there is no actual relationship between them example of similarity now if a person consistently expresses negative opinions about a about a particular topic we might perceive them as having a consistent attitude towards that topic even if their opinions um, are expressed in different ways. Example of continuity If a person experiences a series of successes or failures in a particular area, they might perceive them as a part of a larger story of progress or setbacks. Or another example of this is if a person consistently avoids social situations we might perceive this as being related to social anxiety or shyness, even if we don't have direct evidence of these factors. So, is it good or bad to have perceptual organizations, considering that it sums up to influenced classifications, thereby limiting the scope of a more accurate identification or perception? Well, the answer is yes and no. That depends on the context and the goal of an individual and can definitely help in simplifying information received specially In complex situations. Perceiving an event. Let's say you are attending a business meeting with colleagues to discuss a new project. During the sensory processing stage you take in a variety of visual and auditory cues such as a tone of voice, body language, presentation materials. In the perception stage you begin to interpret and organize these cues into meaningful patterns such as the goal of the project, the role of the team members and the overall structure of of the presentation. However, if you attend multiple business meetings over time, your brain may begin to form new patterns of perceptual organization that are more efficient or accurate. For example, you may become better at understanding the specific needs and priorities of your colleagues, or you may develop a better understanding of the culture and social dynamics that influence business interactions. Perceiving a person Let's say you have a new colleague at work. During the sensory processing stage, you take in a a variety of visual and auditory cues, such as their appearance, tone of voice, body language. In the perception stage, you begin to interpret and organize these cues into meaningful patterns, such as their personality, emotional state, and intentions. However, if you get to know this person over time, your brain may begin to form new patterns of perceptual organization that are more accurate or efficient. For example, you may become better at understanding their communication style and preferences. Or you may develop a better, a deeper understanding of their work style and strength. You may also adjust your expectations and understanding of their personality based on new information and experiences you have with them. So if you look at processing information uniquely, that is without grouping of patterns... From the get-go and keep at it, you may miss the gist altogether and will be too caught up in details while missing out on the main picture, and being uh, unknowingly wrapped up in a in an overall setback. And if you only group information that fits within your recognizable patterns, you may miss out on understanding the individual or unique aspects of a person or an event, which is crucial in achieving a greater result within a shorter span of time. So overall sensory processing is a critical first step in our perception of the world around us and the brain's ability to organize sensory information into meaningful patterns is what allows us to recognize and understand the objects and events in our environment and this is basically the root factor which influences free will and choice step three analysis and interpretation In this stage, the brain analyzes and interprets the sensory input it has received using a combination of top-down and bottom-up processing. Now, top-down processing involves using prior knowledge, expectations, and context to interpret the incoming stimuli, while bottom-up processing involves analyzing the features of the stimuli itself. The brain combines these two approaches to create a coherent and meaningful perception of information. Let's say you are meeting someone for the first time, and they're not very talkative. You may interpret their behavior as rude or disinterested in in the conversation. However, if you use top-down processing, you might think of reasons why they might be behaving that way. Perhaps they are shy or introverted, or they are distracted by something else which is going on in their life. This knowledge and context could change your perception of their behavior from negative to neutral or even positive. Alternatively, let's say you have a co-worker who consists, consistently shows up late to meetings. You may perceive them as unreliable or disrespectful of others' time. However, if you use bottom-up processing and focus on the features of their behavior, you might notice that they are always rushing in from another meeting or they have a lot of urgent emails to respond to. This information could change your perception of their behavior from negative to more understandable or forgivable. In the case of self-doubt, The person may interpret the reactions of others as negative or critical, even if the feedback is neutral or positive. Their top-down processing may be influenced by their own insecurities or past experiences of criticism, leading them to interpret the incoming sensory input as confirming their negative self-beliefs. On the other hand, in the case of self-confidence, the person may interpret the same feedback as validating their strengths and skills. Their top-down processing may be influenced by their own positive self-beliefs and experiences of success, leading them to interpret the same sensory input as confirming their abilities. In this example of the person's attitude or behavior, the bottom-up processing involves analyzing the features of the stimuli itself. For instance, the tone of the person's voice, their body language, and facial expressions can all be considered as bottom-up, sensory inputs that are analyzed by the brain to create a perception of the person's attitude or behavior. Other bottom-up features could include specific words or phrases they use, the timing of the response, and the situational context in which the behavior occurs. Step 4. Final integration. This is the final stage where the brain integrates the perceived information into a larger context and makes sense of it in relation to existing knowledge, and beliefs. This involves higher-order cognitive processes such as attention, memory, reasoning as well as emotional and motivational factors that can influence how the information is processed and understood. Let's say someone witnesses a car accident. In the sensory processing stage, they first perceive the visual and auditory information of the accident such as the sound of the crash, the sight of the damaged cars, In the perception stage, the brain organizes this information into recognizable patterns such as identifying the cars involved and the location of the accident. In the attention and memory stages, the person may focus on the specific details of the event such as the position of the cars before and after the crash or the behavior of the drivers involved. They may also encode these details into memory for later recall. And finally, in the understanding stage, the person integrates their perception of the event with their existing knowledge and beliefs about car accidents and the causes of crashes. Step 4. Final integration. This is the final stage where the brain integrates the perceived information into a larger context and makes sense of it in relation to existing knowledge and beliefs. This involves higher-order cognitive processes such as attention, memory, and reasoning, as well as emotional and motivational factors that can influence how the information is processed and understood. Let's say someone witnesses a car accident. In the sensory processing stage, they first perceive the visual and auditory information of the accident, such as the sound of the crash and the sight of the damaged cars. In the perception stage, their brain organizes information into recognizable patterns such as identifying the cars involved and the location of the accident. In the analysis and interpretation stage, the person may focus on specific details of the event such as the position of the cars before and after the crash or the behavior of the drivers involved. They may also encode these details into memory for later recall. Finally, in the final integration stage, the person integrates the perception of the event with their existing knowledge and beliefs about car accidents and the causes of crashes. They may use their reasoning skills to analyze the situation, considering factors such as speed, weather and road conditions to form a coherent understanding of what happened. Emotional and motivational factors may also influence how the person processes and understands the event. For example, if they have a personal connection to one of the drivers involved, they may be more emotionally invested in the outcome of the accident and may interpret the information in a way that is influenced by the emotional state. Overall, the understanding stage involves the integration of sensory information with existing knowledge and beliefs, as well as higher order cognitive processes such as attention, memory and reasoning to form a coherent and meaningful understanding of an event. Now, these are the four stages. And I want you to know that this segmentation of this process may not always be practical to observe in real time as a situation or event unfolds before you. It It is a little complex if, you know, once now that you've just heard that it's all broken down, it can be overwhelming as well. So you don't have to worry about that. You will find yourself emoting or reacting how you normally would, even though you have this awareness now. However, find the soonest time possible to logically understand the mental process involved. If you are able to analyze first what was the information, what were your patterns and perceptual organizations involved, how was the analysis and interpretation done, and finally how was your reaction formed post the integration with your true essence. And this is the first step you can take to begin unleashing the magic of transformation it's all about awareness and understanding your inner mental mechanism before you attempt to understand the world around you i want you to know that we all struggle with this at varying levels it is absolutely i would say it's almost impossible to analyze this thought process in real time as it's happening remember if you are struggling with this it does not mean you are weak or lack substance if you need external assistance Some of us may be really good at understanding our mental process, and some of us are not. And it's just that it it just means that you are more serious and committed to your self improvement and self mastery without the ego getting in the way. So, reach out to anyone, reach out to me if you don't know whom to approach. Yes, I run a coaching service called Metapsyche Coaching, but I will not charge you for anything for our initial sessions because my passion and commitment lies in partnering with you in some way through your transformation. And no, I will not be pushing you or guilting you into signing up for paid services. I cannot be clearer about this. I have a two week free offer running officially, but unofficially I am flexible with that period for now. The content is available. Your coach, your helper is available. There is no risk other than the time you invest on yourself, the time that you spend on your sessions. All you need to do is make the decision, show up and take action. Now, in part two, we will see how too much negativity or positivity can be stagnating and instead how we can redirect overbearing and overwhelming negative or positive emotions towards working upon oneself for a higher meaningful purpose. So stay tuned and until then, take care and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Bye-bye.